Hi, I'm Jack Grimmer at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. We're here for an hour, and uh, we have much to pack in. Uh, in order, uh, we'll be chatting to Phil in a few moments' time with our uh, match briefing. We'll look back at the uh, trip to Barnsley. It was a long, a long trip back, which you'll hear from Phil as well. And, of course, uh, not a great way to end the game. Uh, looked like a point, but uh, came away empty-handed, thanks to a controversial, let's say, uh, goal. So, uh, we prepare for the visit of Morecambe in the second round of the FA Cup on Saturday. Uh, we'll get Phil's thoughts on that. And we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield as well, post-match up at Barnsley and, uh, well... Certainly pre-match. This afternoon, in fact, is when we caught up with him. Uh, we'll get his thoughts uh, on uh, both of those games uh, coming up a little later on as well. Also, in this hour, we'll reflect on just under a week ago, had the pleasure of uh, being uh, invited to uh, attend, and I did. <laughs> I accepted the invitation and went along to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association annual dinner. It was a special one. They're all special. Uh, this year, celebrating 30 years of the club in the Football League. Some people had travelled a long way, including Andy Kerr and Jeff Anthony, who'd come from Canada and uh, Massachusetts, respectively. That is a long way, isn't it? Uh, and uh, there's the, the heroes of uh, 93 were there, including Glenn Creaser, of course, uh, Matt Crosley and Keith Ryan and Dave Carroll and many others, including uh, a certain Dennis Green, who you'll hear from, who I'm very grateful to Matt Crosley for sort of rounding up and uh, getting to speak to us. Uh, I we have had Dennis Green on before, but he had, uh, had no memory of that. So... <laughs> It was obviously, obviously very memorable for him, but we'll hear from him. And also uh, some other names who, if you uh, have access to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association Facebook page, you'll see a photograph of uh, Keith Sell, Jeff Anthony and Barry Baker, who we'll hear from. Me, I'm not an ex-player, but I'm in the picture. And also Peter Sudderby as well, who was uh, fantastic to see him there uh, too. Uh, one of uh, only a handful of people who've both managed and played for the club. Uh, all that to come very soon as well. So Reflections from Adams Park on Friday. We'll continue our look with Wickham Wanderers women at how they're getting along. Uh, long-serving Emma Kearns, who's played in a number of positions. Uh, we'll hear from her and have already mentioned it as well, but uh, the manager as well, uh, Matt Bloomfield, well worth sticking around for. We spoke to him at this afternoon's press session at the training ground. And uh, Luke's here as well. Hello. <laughs> uh, we have a notice board session but also uh, some very technical information for you to bring us uh, yeah Spotify uh, Wrapped came out yesterday uh, it's heavily featured on pretty much yours this week but there's also a podcast version that will be heavily featured on this show this is very exciting news it's it's, it's all good news people of a certain age won't, won't have understood any of what you just said I'll explain later we will have to say hello to our whole country wow mm. I'm braced for that it's going to be good uh, but first, uh, let's hear from Phil with uh, reflections on Tuesday night. Oof, uh, that was a long journey home. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, um, a real shame for the boys. I thought they dug in really well. It wasn't a great game, but, you know, Barnsley, a uh, decent side, a uh, big team in League One. And, yeah, you know, we looked like we were sort of nailed on for a point after a really good defensive display in the second half. Um, the first half... There was barely anything in it. I think only one shot on target yeah, across the first half, and it was Wickham's. Second half, Barnsley came out more. You'd expect that at home as well with the fans behind them. Um, but I thought Wickham did really well up until the, you know, the the crazy moment at the end of the game. So I think fans have sort of debated, haven't they, what, what, what sort of how they felt or who was at fault with the goal or, or how it could have been allowed or how it came about, really. Uh, I mean, it's it's gone viral, isn't it, uh, across football um, and. Um, you know, it's interesting to see people's viewpoints. I mean, uh, I've looked at 
looked up the laws of the game. If the goalkeeper's got two hands on the ball, if it's in his gloves, as it was, any contact whatsoever with the goalkeeper is then deemed as a foul. So it's clear from, from all the angles, which Barnsley have, have put up as well, that there, that there was contact. Uh, does Max need to fall over? I don't think so. But, you know, it's a moment of madness. And, you know, 999 times out of 1,000, it's, it's not a goal. Cosgrove rolls the ball in. It's his first goal for Barnsley. He was desperate for a goal. He got it. You could see in his reaction initially that he expected the whistle to go. Um, and when it didn't, he then went and celebrated with his fans. But, you know, Darren Drysdale, I thought, had a really good game up to that point. Um, he let a lot go. He let that go. So you could argue it was consistent. Um, is it the letter of the law of the game? I don't think so. But equally, you know, players have to take responsibility as well I think sometimes because um, across football we see it all the time across all the divisions and and no doubt outside of the league as well Um, players looking for things making the life of the referees a little bit that little bit more difficult Um, and you know I think Max has been fantastic for Wickham Wanderers since signing Um, I don't think he's been at his best form in recent weeks but that's football that's that's players and yeah I think um, you know hopefully he, he comes back stronger Understandably, it was a, a very frustrated Matt Bloomfield that I spoke to after the full-time whistle on Tuesday. We conceded a goal tonight. I've never seen it in my time in football. The circumstances around it, you know, our players put so much into that performance, coming off the back of a dis- disappointing result at the weekend. Um, the way the lads, uh, the character, they bounced back tonight. It actually looked like it was going to be us that was going to go nick it at the end. We rode a storm midway through the second half, where Barnes had a few chances, but. We made some changes and it looked like it might be us that come away with three points. So to to lose and to lose in in that manner, yeah, extremely disappointing. Uh, there was a red card in the aftermath of the goal. You spoke to the referee as well during the game and at the full-time whistle. What did you say to him? I couldn't go and speak at the full-time whistle, no. Um, I thought the most important thing at that point was to go and um, applaud our supporters who make their way up all the way up here on a Tuesday night. They're going to be back in the middle of the night, spend their money supporting us. We put that much effort into it and they're robbed of a point to, to take home with them. My take on it is that we've seen it a multitude of times where you know strikers run into goalkeepers. So, yeah, that's usually what happens and, it, and it's usually given as a foul. It wasn't tonight. So, um, after all that effort, all that endeavour, some of the quality of our play, I was pleased with. Could have been better at moments on the counter-attack. I thought we had more moments where we could have hurt, hurt Barnsley, which we, we unfortunately didn't take. Had to you know ride a couple of moments ourselves. And then to, to finish the game like that is, uh, yeah, really disappointing. First half, one shot on target. It was Wickham Wanderers. It was a, a tight, edgy first half. Second half, I think Barnsley had the, the, the share of the play, but the rear guard action was there, wasn't it? Yeah, we've, um, we've spoken a lot these last two days. We had a long meeting yesterday morning. We, we had another long meeting today and um, spoken a lot with the players about who we are and what we stand for and how we want to conduct ourselves. Saturday wasn't, wasn't us first half it was a very bitty game wasn't it there wasn't a huge amount of quality in it we we had the shot um, you know we had a couple of chances really early on we slid a couple of nice balls down the side we had a couple of breakaways that we didn't make the most of um, didn't feel our goal was under too much threat first half but that kind of changed a little bit second half we ran out of legs a little bit in midfield Brex fair play to him he put a lot into it hasn't played for a, for a long time in the league I thought he was excellent in the work that he did you know he's had to adapt a lot coming from Man City to a to our environment and fair play to him tonight um, so obviously he comes off KP and, and Dalo have run their race so there'd be a few changes in there but you know we had to ride a bit of a storm Barnsley probably did have the better of things at that point but by the time you get to the last 10 minutes 
you know, um, Lal and, and GMAC were combining well on the top line. Sad was picking up seconds in midfield, and I felt like we, we had a chance of nicking it. Um, and obviously, that incident happened. Um, with the red card as well as injuries we've spoken about, but now there's a suspension to deal with too. Yeah, when it comes on top, comes on top. But um, I'm here to, to fight. Um, I believe in the work we're doing. I believe in this group of players. I believe that um, we've got a hell of a chance of, of still doing something this season. Um, circumstances are, have been against us for a little while, but it's life, right? It's football. Um, it happens that way. So you've got two choices. You either feel sorry for yourselves or you get up and fight. And there's only one way I know. If you want a long career in this game, which I've been fortunate to have and want to have, there's only one way to react. It's interesting that there's this debate with nationally and indeed globally about you know VAR refereeing decisions. And as fans, do we just need to accept that you know some will go for us, some will go against us, and, and there will be occasions where teams deserve more from games but don't necessarily get them? Yeah, I think this is such a, a bizarre circumstance. You know, I, I'm a big believer in that. You know, it, it, it all comes out in the wash and it evens itself out across the season. But um, I'm fairly sure that if we ask Sam Vokes or Lyle Taylor to go and push a goalkeeper in every game between now and the end of the season, they'll all be giving us free kicks. So it is a bizarre set of circumstances and it is what it is, but we have to get on with it now and and, and, and learn from it and move on as, as, as a club and as a team. That's, that's where we're at with it. But, you know, I think refereeing, we're seeing it in the Premier League every week. It's an absolute nightmare for referees now. They've, they've lost all their authority with VAR. Um, and I think on Tuesday night, I think, you know, possibly Darren Drysdale was maybe stuck up for the refereeing community there and maybe tried to make a point with that decision. I don't know. You know, he had a good view of it. Um, I don't know what the explanation was afterwards. Um, we don't get to speak to refs again either. But like I say, I thought he had a good game up, up until that, you know, everything before that incident. And let it flow. And, you know, Jack Grimmer on the commentary was saying, as a referee, he's one that likes to communicate with the players and, and has that two-way communication, which I think players really appreciate. And it's a, it's a really, really difficult job, especially now, especially the scrutiny that's coming under the top flight. And, you know, this affects all referees. This is referees who referee on the right on a Sunday. You know, we need them for the games. Otherwise, the game isn't possible. So, you know, I, I do worry a little bit about who the next set of referees are going to be because who on earth would want to do it? I don't know about you, Colin, but I wouldn't want to do it. No, definitely not, for many reasons. But <laughs> <laughs> but probably, as you say, the same with yourself, because it's so easy, isn't it, to be critical of them. But we're, we're blessed, aren't we, with different views of the game that they don't see and replays. And, and you know, you can look at video clips afterwards, which, you know, in the, in the speed of the game and perhaps their positioning, they, they see things very differently. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to, to misinterpret a situation. Absolutely. And I think someone told me once that referees make between 2,000 and 2,500 decisions per match, you know, subconsciously and consciously. And, you know, if we're only talking about, you know, one or two or three decisions across that, then the percentage of things that they've got right is absolutely huge. Uh, they're human beings. Um, I don't know what anyone else thinks of this, but I'm, I'm not really uh, an advocate for VAR at all. Um, and, you know, I think we need to help the referees and, and look at helping them as human beings rather than bringing in technology. Um, that's my view. Obviously, in League One, we don't have VAR. Had we had VAR on Tuesday night, perhaps we wouldn't be talking about um, a defeat. But equally, you know, it's about controlling what you can control and making sure that we're ready to roll on Saturday and getting a decent result. So has this FA Cup tie come at a good time, in, in, in fact, because of this, this, this league one of, uh, run of league uh, games without a win? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it gives us a, a home tie against a, a team from a lower division. It's going to be tough. Let's make no bones about that. Morecambe, um, we know what to expect from Morecambe. They're having their own challenges as well at the moment. They're on a poor run of league form. They've lost uh, arguably their most influential manager in, in the modern era, in Derek Adams, who's left. Since then, they've lost 6-0 and then they've lost at home for the first time this season. Is it a good time to get them? We'll wait and see. But is it a good time for the FA Cup game? I think always, um, you know, is second round. We know what the prize is here. To be in the draw for the third round is where the magic really starts for this competition and for league teams because we all know what the potential could be, what the upside could be. Um, and yeah, I think cups can, can really sort of build a moment and a head of steam for a team and, you know, and it can help uh, engaging with the community. You know, imagine if we get Man United away or something or, or even at Adams Park, something like that, one of the big boys. But for that to be possible, we have to beat Morecambe on Saturday. And, you know, recent years, our FA Cup form hasn't been good enough. Um, we lost the League 2 Walsall at home last season and that was a huge disappointment. So, you know, we know that there's a massive job to be done, but equally, the prize the other side, we know the potential of what that could be. And you never know. You know, this club's got to the semi-final, isn't it, in this century? So yeah, you never know with the FA Cup and that's what I think why people love it so much and it's just, I think, paramount, you know, that we can get a win on Saturday, um, not just for the Cup, but I just think, you know, just to get one on the board um, and, and lift the place as well because I think the injuries aren't helping but um, if we get a win on the board, I think um, everything starts to look a little bit different. And it really feels, doesn't it, there are advantages and disadvantages though to things like, you know, going into a game as a favourite, you know, playing a team in a lower division, obviously being at home as well. But, but as you mentioned, you know, you know defeat in the, in the same competition against uh, League Two side last year. Yes, you know, we talk about the magic, you know, the magic Wickham beating Leicester, you know, things like that. Wickham taking Liverpool toe-to-toe. Um, but, you know, Wickham have also lost to, to non-league teams. I remember losing to Fleetwood when they was they Northern Premier or sort of non-league, uh, certainly not in the in the top tier of non-league. You know, I think we've had some some bad results down the years, like all teams have. You know, the magic works both ways. And, you know, I look at Matt Bloomfield and the staff here and they're working incredibly hard to make sure that doesn't happen on Saturday. Um, and, yeah, I think you know, it's the magic possibly isn't quite as magic in that second round. But, you know, I'm just looking at a picture now of, of Keith Ryan scoring at Liverpool, uh, at Villa Park against Liverpool. Um, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? But to get those moments, you have to beat your Morecambe's at home on a Saturday. And you imagine as well, the players will, I, I'm sure, you know, that there's no lack of trying, but they will be trying extra hard to, to you know, arrest this, this for, run of form as well. Yeah, look, the, you know, we've got experienced players, we've got young players, of course, but they all know the game um, and they all know that, you know, that, that form, things things can happen. Like I say, I mean, I think injuries, every club can always point to injuries at, at certain points, but I think the injury list is certainly having an impact at Wickham in terms of its sort of effect it has on, on settled lines across the back and in midfield. And by no means is that an excuse, but I think it's having an impact. And yeah, I think, you know, the players know, they have faith in their own abilities, which is hugely important and they know it all returns. And like I say, it's football's momentum, isn't it? Win on Saturday in the Cup. We've got the Tuesday night game then against Fulham under 21s in, in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy and then a huge league game against Shrewsbury. So, um, you know, if we can build some momentum going into that league game, it'd be absolutely perfect. As you say, it does feel like, you know, this is the start of a, a, a really key run of fixtures. Yeah, I think, you know, it's such a competitive division, isn't it? I think... They're all big games, aren't they? But, you know, we've got Derby County before Christmas and even in, in June when the fixtures came out, you know, that, that, that leaps out at you, doesn't it? 
um, Derby County away. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to get a result before we head up there and, and get some confidence going into that one. And then the busy Christmas period is, is soon upon you. Fantastic home games, Saturday before Christmas, right right close up to Christmas Day. Then you're into the, the blood and thunder of, of your, your festive fixtures. And we all know it's a congested fixture schedule. But equally, if you can have a good Christmas, then you know you can really change the face of the, of the league table and, and build even more momentum. And then hopefully going into January and then you've made the turn, to use the horse racing phrase, and, and you're heading towards uh, spring and the end of the season. So, you know, it's uh, it comes thick and fast in League One, which is why we love it. And plenty of opportunities for the fans to get behind the team as well. Of course, starting on Saturday, it'd be great if there's a, a special FA Cup atmosphere at Adams Park. Yeah, you know, and it, these games aren't included in season tickets. So, you know, it's a big ask for people at this time of year, cost of living crosses, etc. But, you know, everyone who comes through the turnstiles, it, it'll be a big, big plus for the team. You know, it's not available to watch anywhere in the world because it's FA Cup. Any way you can see the game is by coming down to Adams Park. I realise that's not possible for everybody who's listening to this, but um, you can listen on on the Wanderers TV subscription and, and on Wickham Sound uh, if you're in the Wickham area. Uh, and Kane Vincent Young joins us as well, so looking forward to his debut on commentary uh, as he's nearing his return to fitness too. So yeah, so um, you know wherever you are, get behind the boys and and, and make make the difference. And uh, will you be wearing another outing for your Christmas jumper? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the Wickham Wanderers Christmas jumpers available now in the <laughs> shop, by the way, Colin. Uh, yes, it's uh, incredibly fetching. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I, I, who wouldn't want something that's incredibly fetching? Indeed, indeed. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Thank you very much. Cheers, Colin. Uh, some behind-the-scenes news. Uh, Phil was Phil was modelling his Christmas jumper, wasn't he? Uh, he was. You'll see it on uh, pre-match drills and a little uh, look at what's in the shop at the moment ahead of Saturday. Don't forget you can hear that uh, full interview with uh, Matt Bloomfield after the Barnsley game on Wanderers TV as well. Yes, you can. Anything else we should be aware of on Wanderers TV? Uh, pre-match drills. Have I mentioned that? Uh, just now. Uh, pre-match drills. You can't mention that enough. Pre-match drills at you, some point this evening. Actually, you can mention it enough as it turns out. I can. I can mention it all night. Uh, more from Luke uh, very soon as uh, part two and three of the Wickham Wanderers show is to follow here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. We're giving you the chance to win one of 12 prizes to celebrate Wickham Sound's 10th anniversary of broadcasting in High Wickham and to raise funds for the station. If you want to be in with a chance to win one of those prizes, then head to our website, wickhamsound.org.uk, where you can find all the details. You have until noon on the 9th of December to enter. Good luck! Hello, darlings! Yes, it's me, Lavoie, and I'm delighted to be playing the glamorous landlady, Dame Peggy Pullum, in Beauty and the Beast at the Wickham Swan from the 8th till the 31st of December. It's going to be a real Christmas cracker, starring Joe McFadden, Suzanne Shaw, John Clegg and me, Lavoie. We've got fabulous comedy, stunning costumes and a spectacular digital set. Although you'll all be looking at me anyway. Book your tickets now at wickhamswan.co.uk. I'd like to know, are you really ready for some super dynamite soul? Well, are you? Every Tuesday and Saturday, we dig into the Funk and Soul archive to find the finest disco, soul, funk and jazz funk tunes and select some new independent releases to bring you two hours of sunshine-infused music that you probably didn't know you loved. So let in the sunshine, Tuesday nights from 10, remixed for Saturdays at 6. The Funk and Soul Archive on Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7.
still to come on this week's edition of the Wick and Wanderer show, we've got some Spotify news. We do have some Spotify news. <laughs> that. Uh, and we'll hear from manager Matt Breenfield as well, plus a member of the Wick and Wanderers uh, women's squad who've uh, been at the club for quite a while. But first, less than a week ago at Adams Park on Friday, 30 years of the club in the Football League was celebrated. Uh, there were many members of that squad in attendance, including manager Martin O'Neill as well. Uh, the food was very good. I can tell you, I was the first to arrive. Ooh behind the scenes trivia news um, yes I was on table 6 as well other, other news nice who are you sat next to uh, that's a good question uh, Mark Gateskill from Even the Mark. Wick and Wanderers uh, Foundation yes regularly meeting to you and uh, also I was on the table with uh, many of Brian Lee's family which was which was fantastic uh, there were many other people there around uh, 170 to be precise nice. uh, one of them who uh, was uh, rounded up for me I think is the best way of describing it uh, by uh, Sir Matt Crossley was uh, Dennis Green oh who uh, uh, was at the bar, and uh, we were sort of we, we, we had a chat, and uh, as you can imagine, he was he was very pleased to be in attendance. It means everything to me, you know. Like the group of lads we had together when I played for this football club were the best lads I've ever been together in football. That includes you know, I've managed for 17 years since uh, stopped playing football, but these were the best lads. You know, we've come back for various games, played in lots of vets games here at the football club, but you know. I've travelled three hours to come and see some of these lads tonight, so it's not often I get to see them these days, but um, yeah, I couldn't pass this opportunity up. It's so special, like, what you went through, and it can't feel like 30 years ago either. No, you know, in your brain it's still yesterday, but obviously your legs tell you different and your body tells you different, but, you know, these were a special, special group of lads. When you look at some of them, like Keith Ryan, when I first joined the football club, was barely getting in the team, but then he goes and plays 10 years in the Football League. You know, Dave Carroll, Heidi, Jason Cousins. You know, these players went through division after division after division. All young players, Steve Guppy, Keith Scott played in the Premier League, Guppy played in the Premier League. It was just a special, special group of players. They're all really nice lads. We went on holiday together year after year after. We all departed our ways, went to different football clubs. But yeah, so it's the best group of players I've ever come across. Did it feel like at the time something really special was happening? You know, it took a little while for me to get into it, but the, the bond became really quick. You know, we socialised together. But I knew when I arrived here, I come from Chelmsford to here, I could see what quality we had in this team. You know, when you have Steve Guppy on one side and Dave Carroll on the other side, you know, it's pretty special. Creature at the back, come on, and everything. Andy Kerr had the pace. Jason Cousins was a leader, tenacious. You know, Keith Scott edited everything, and he was very quick for what he was. Then Martin O'Neill would have the little forwards to run off of Scotty. They'd be like me, Mark West, Kim Casey, all trying to get in the starting lineup for the following week. And if you didn't cut it one week, then you was on the bench the following week. He'd swap us around, he'd, he'd leave Keith Scott up front, and then he'd pick whoever done well next to him. You know, So if you've got to run a game, you've done really well because you're in front of uh, Mark West and Casey. So a really special team really good players and speaking to some of the, your former teammates on, on the show in previous weeks as well some of that really stands out is the belief that, that the manager instilled in you all he was just different class because he kept things basic you know like I've got into management for 17 years after playing football and all it seems to be now is every single coach just throws codes down and tries to make training look really colourful and entertaining Martin O'Neill would be just run around that tree that tree that tree and that tree and get back here in two minutes we wouldn't do any set pieces and all he done was motivated the players and every single player that played in that team every week knew they had to do the business or they weren't in the team the following week. 
So all the other stuff, tactics, everything else went out the window. He just knew how to keep the team happy and keep the team motivated. And I think he's still the same to his present day, whether he's managing the Premier League or the National League for Ireland or anybody, he keeps it simple and we respected him for that. And are there any particular games or occasions that really stand out for you since in your time at the club? Yeah, I think the early doors, you know, when I first joined from Chelmsford, I came in, never played in the National League before, and I just hit the ground running. You know, I think I joined in February, I scored a couple on my debut, I think, against Boston, and before I knew it, 10 games apart, I scored like 14, 15 goals. I think I got four away at Altrincham. So I'd really hit the ground running. So they, they're the ones that stuck out at me, because then after that, the following season, I thought, right, I've arrived now. And then he signs more players, and it's, it was just hard getting in the squad, let alone the team. So then you're in and out every week, and I didn't really get any fluidity. But obviously, I was in it for the team. I wanted them to win. I love my teammates, so I was happy just being here and winning and the bond that we had. But I think that first three months I was here, I was playing every week, scoring goals. But with Martin and the way he worked his strikers, i.e. one big and three little ones, it was hard to get in every week. So, But, you know, I was just in it for the club, and I loved every minute. And we're here tonight to celebrate 30 years. Do you feel like you've helped like, you know, really lay the foundations of, as to where they, the team are now? Yeah, I think when I look back, and a lot of supporters I've spoken to many times, this was the group of players they looked to most. This was the team that done that double, won the trophy, won promotion. We missed out the year before against Colchester when we had the level best video. You know, we lost out on goal difference. But that two-year period in that, the two, or three years I was here, but the two-year period, losing out on the first year, winning it the next year and winning the trophy, I think the supporters, I think everyone felt was branded then. You know, you go into the Football League, certain things change. We used to come in here, supporters in the bar, we're all speaking to each other. You know, then as you go professional and you get into the Football League, certain things segregate and the players are kept away. But we was all in it together then. So I think a lot of supporters look back and say, they were great times. And incredible, as you say, that you've kept in touch with, with your ex-teammates and, and what you've been through together as well. Yeah, we've got a WhatsApp group. You know, we speak all the time on WhatsApp groups, obviously all the way around the country. We meet up in London every now and again. But like I say, there's not one other football club that I've been at in my life that as I meet up with other players. This is the only football club that I'm out with other players. You know, Steve Guppy, Gary Smith. I went on only 10 years running every year. We've got a fella Racky. We just take that time every year, we'll go on holiday. And I've never done that of anybody else, but for some reason this club, just that group of players in this club in that period of time, winning something helps, but we just had that special bond. And like I say, I've travelled three hours today to come over here to go and have some stories with some of the lads that I loved, you know, back then. And just finally a message for the, the fans, because you had such a great rapport with the supporters when you were here as well. Yeah, you know, just... Sorry it was short-lived, I say short-lived, I was here for three years I think, but you know, I love the Wickham fans, my memories are unbelievable, obviously got the, va uh, the videos and stuff, but I so enjoy myself here, love playing for the football club, look at their results, one of the first results to look at every week, used to speak to Gareth Angels a lot, you know, just say, well done pal, and what he was doing at the football club, you know, Tony Adams, every single manager sort of that's come over here, I've spoken to and just, you know... I just follow and support this football club. There's nothing more I can say apart from this football club will be with me forever. 
It's been fantastic uh, this season of the Wickham Wanderer Show to speak to members of the uh, the squad who did the double in 93 and uh, got us promoted to the Football League. Uh, Dennis Green there uh, speaking to us at the Ex-Players Association dinner and uh, you never know, uh, there will be more players from that era that we're speaking to. Last week, of course, we had Paul Hyde on. Fantastic to meet him uh, at the uh, event last week as well. Uh, he had some uh, goalkeeper gloves which were uh, uh, donated by uh, Matt Sesso, I think. I think he found them in they, his, we, in they, his lo- loft or something. They, yeah, they've been sort of around the office for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but uh, they, they raised a lot of money as well. They were from Wembley and uh, Paul Hyde uh, modelled those. And there were some other uh, excellent items and, and some uh, Wickham Models Ex-Players Association golf towels as well. And some uh, gin. Gin was, gin was on offer yeah. as well. All sorts of things in, in the raffle. Money was raised for you, prostate cancer. You need some raffle prizes. Go to Matt Cecil. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He'll, he'll sort you out. Um, and uh, also it was a brilliant occasion because um, there were two former chairmen there. Uh, Ivor Beeks, whose 82nd birthday it was on the night. Steve Hayes was there as well. And uh, all sorts, of course. And uh, many players from many different eras, including those who played at the club uh, some 50 years ago. Some who travelled a long way, including Jeff Anthony, uh, who had on the show before we spoke to him from his Massachusetts home. You won't better tell that's where he lives because uh, he's got a very broad Welsh accent. Uh, but we spoke to him. You'll hear from him in a few moments' time. Barry Baker, who uh, made over 300 appearances for the club. But first, uh, we caught up with Keith Sell. I come here every year when I can. You know, sometimes it's not possible. Because I live in Milton Keynes. But uh, the reason I come here is, yeah, to see the guys I used to play with 50 years ago. It's good memories, you know. I mean, the most important thing in my life is my family, but the second most important thing is my memories. And a lot of the good memories I have of when I played football with the Wanderers. I played football for other football teams, and I won stuff with other football teams, but my best memories are with this team. And that's the reason I come back every year when I can. So what would you say is special about this club? Well, it's, you know, right from when I first joined. I, I mean, I came from what they might call the concrete jungle out to the steps. I used to live in near London. I come out to play for Wickham Wanderers, and they welcomed me with open arms. You know, and it was fantastic. And uh, you know, my wife and kids, and my dad, all used to come, and it was, it was like a, not a social club, but it was a very friendly club. And the guys I, I the guys I met and played with are great. As I said, I went off to play for other teams, but it was nothing like the atmosphere that I had when I was playing with Wickham Wanderers. And obviously, the, the memories that you have and the, the experiences that you had with with some of these gentlemen who are here this evening, that they really do sort of stay with you and are special. Well, of course they do. You know, that's why we come here every year. You know, and I still I will still try and get here every year. I mean, I've got to have a new hip. <laughs> I've got to have a new hip. My hip's gone. I might have something worse than you, but I can keep it secret. Of course. When you said my mum and dad used to come, yeah. if one day one didn't, there was hell off. They would, oh, you know, but they only came. But they loved it, you know. And another thing, a little thing, I was thinking, I was told they let this bloke in the team. But at the end of the game, all the kids used to come on, get your autographs. I'm not too big, it happened. I used to be the last one off. If there were 70 kids, I signed it. Two weeks later, I was signing again. I'm thinking, they've all had it. But they used to do it every game come in. They just wanted it on every programme. 
but I made sure that I signed everyone before we went off. Because that's so Lovely. special, isn't it? The relationship it is with, with players yeah. and fans. And I think it's a lot to do with my height. I do. Sure. <laughs> it's for me. This is great, you know. I mean, you know, you've got Jeff, Jeff Anthony there. He played on the wing for us. He, he lives in America, but he, he's over here, you know, support, supporting. And I think they've got over 100, 170 or something this year. Very good, you know. Each year I speak to Vinny and, uh, and Keith. Uh, because they're you know part of the organisation, I say, how's it going? And they, and they get very worried about. Oh, I don't think we're going to. And then we get a turnout like this. And I think you always will at a club like this. As I said, I played for other clubs, but some of the other clubs have been invited back. They don't have it every year. They have it, you know, every now and again. And I say, I don't go because you know, this is the club I, where all my happy memories were. And this is where I like to come back to. You know, I, was, I was fortunate enough to play in a, a, a team uh, of very good footballers. You know, we had a good team there. And Brian Lee, you know, he, he got us all together and, uh, and, and, and John Reardon. And we had a very good football team here, you know. We proved it when we went up against some of the, you know, the bigger boys, you know, when we played Middlesbrough here. You know, we gave them a run for their money. You know. And uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get called up for the England amateur team when I was playing for Wickham. And I played at Wembley against West Germany. We beat them 1-0 and I scored. So not many people can say they played at Wembley and scored. Does it feel extra special in a way? that Obviously it was an amateur, amateur club at the time and obviously we're here tonight celebrating you know, 30 years in the Football League but in a way are you kind of pleased that you, you played at that time? I mean, it's, a, it's progression, isn't it? You know, uh, we was all amateurs. I mean, I, I was 18 when I first came into senior amateur football with Wildstone. And then I went to Barnet and I played in the, the old Southern League then. And I was only 18 then. And, but then I worked my way and I eventually I came to Wickham. But it's progression, isn't it? You know, amateur, then all went, we all had to become semi-professional. And then they've obviously gone on to be full position. You know, it's, it's just, and they've done very well, you know. I think, uh, you know, that as a, as a club, they've progressed very well. And obviously, it must be so nice to kind of click back in with people that here that you haven't seen for years. Oh, yeah, of course it is. You know, uh, I've, I've, played, I've played golf with uh, Vinny and Keith and some of the older ones, uh, Les Merrick. We go out once a week when we can uh, play golf. When we go back to the clubhouse and get talking to people and they say, are you all Oh yeah, we used to play football together what, 50 years ago. And they can't believe it, you know. Fantastic. Jeffrey! Yeah, really, really nice. I don't know if you understand it. It's like <laughs> he's an American Welshman. You haven't got a twang at all. Not, not an American one, anyway. Well, what does it mean for you like, to be here tonight with, with these people that you... you know, it's you... just wonder, it's wonderful. It's my first time for four years um, and I, I get the past players newsletter and it keeps me in touch with everyone in Wickham um, I'd be lost without it and um, I just love him be here it's just just a wonderful club and the past players organization I don't think there's any club that can replicate it it's, it's just a wonderful organization 
and so many like surprises. A former student of yours has come up to you. This yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I taught him at Chesham High School, which was a bit of a shock. He's in his early 60s, but he was a good athlete, good, good, good soccer player, good cross country runner. He was, uh, but that was a real shock. <laughs> you were speaking to Keith. It's just so nice that that football gives you these these experiences, and you know, other careers wouldn't necessarily bring people together like this. And I think it's something special with Wickham. I, you know, I'm not saying other clubs don't replicate it, but it just feels Wickham feels different. I think it's one of the first clubs to have a past players organisation. They have wonderful people leading. You know, Vince Faulkner, John Taylor. I'll send them an email and I get a reply within 12 hours. Keith Samuels this year said I got you tickets for the game tomorrow. You know, it's just it feels like a family. And I know when you spoke when we spoke to you before, you're an American. You talked about your your relationship with Peter Sadaby and that you you know you went to university together and you played against each other. And so nice that you know you two can meet up this evening. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's nice to see. Well, Peter Sadaby and I played together at university for years, and uh, I remember when I first moved up here, Barry Baker. And Jock Shepherd, who used to be groundsman, Jock, took me to the theatre in Windsor. Mm. We used to go there once a month. I mean, I, I never believed Jock Shepherd would, you know, be interested in the theatre, but he took me to Windsor and... It was, it was wonderful. Real pleasure chatting to Jeff Anthony. Uh, also there you from Barry Baker, who, as I say, has played over 300 times uh, for the club. And uh, we started off with Keith Sell as well, who uh, has got a, a, a hip replacement to come. I spoke to many people that evening who had a hip replacement. <laughs> uh, spe- special hello to Vince Faulkner, who's had three. That is impressive. You, you wouldn't think possible. Well done, Vince. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three hip replacements. <laughs> Uh, more from it's the. It's not a great advert for football, is it? Really? <laughs> no. Go play football. You'll Can't get be good injured, for you. No. All this exercise. Uh, do check out the uh, Wickham Wanderers Expert Association uh, Facebook page for more photos from the night, and uh, I'd suggest uh, keep listening to this show as well to hear uh, more from the Wickham Wanderers Ex Players Association here on Wickham Sound online on Radio Player and on one hundred six point six FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield as he prepares his team for the visit of Morecambe in the second round of the FA Cup. Could get a big team in the third round. Who would you... Well, Got to get past Morecambe. You were going to say Aston Villa. I was about to ask you, who would you like? Oh, uh, Aston Villa. There we go. Thank you. Uh, that'd be ideal, wouldn't it? Well, we had Spurs recently, of course. Uh, I, would, I think we should have someone that we haven't had. Oh, OK. And that goes for trophy games as well. Right. So, someone like um, Liverpool... We've had Liverpool. Not recent, like I meant oh, I the last couple of years. Oh, I so say, yeah, Liverpool. Then. Yeah. Manchester City, that'd be good. We've yeah. played Manchester City recently as well. Man United. Yeah, but Phil said Man United. We'll take Man United. We'll go with that. Uh, well done. Uh, excellent uh, football chat there. Uh, more to come from the manager in a few moments' time. Uh, also, Luke will join us with some uh, technical Spotify type news. Some wrapped news. It's Ooh. Christmas. Nice. Merry Christmas. Wrapping update. Uh, also, uh, no, just that really. Uh, that's it. Uh, also, I was going to say, uh, we'll continue our f- feature with Wickham Wanderers Women. This week we've been speaking to Emma Cairns, who's uh, been at the club uh, a long time. Played a number of positions as well, as you'll hear. This season's been really positive so far. We've got new players, there's an adjustment to the squad. But I just feel like the week, week in, week out, we've just been getting stronger and stronger. Um, we've been working really hard and we've just we've come, we've really come together as, as one whole squad and it's it's really lovely to see to see it develop. And how do you feel personally that your game is, is coming along? Because you played a number of positions, of course. Yeah, so <laughs> I uh, I see myself as you know versatile, shall we say? So yeah, just being able to 
adjusting to different different positions it, it's it's nice to to be able to experience different positions and and have different knowledge about different parts of the of the pitch and I'm always happy to to play wherever I'm needed and and really help out the team it's great, I think, because you can be that sort of utility player and contribute in so many different ways. And obviously, you've seen so many changes, not just in your position, but you know, in terms of venue for the club to play and their management as well. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, like Carl and, and Dan, and they, they they've come in and they've really changed the dynamic dynamic at the club in such a positive way. Uh, you know, they they've managed to bring in such a, a nice home ground for us to be in, and it does really feel like feel like home. We we love playing there. We we love seeing all the people there each week. So it's, yeah, it's been it's been really really nice. And something that comes across is just the closeness of of you all as a kind of a group generally. Yeah, we're such, we're such a tight knit group. Um, we get along really well. We obviously we mess around together and and we're really silly and we do all these silly videos and just have a good laugh and we play some pre match games. But um, and then once we're on the pitch, we can't like we really like all of that really works and you can see us come together as one whole squad and really fight for each other and we've got each other's back. Yeah, we just really fight as one as one team. And great as well that you know you form such close friendships as well. I know that you were, you were close with Cara, and must have been a shame when, when she left as well. Yeah, like I've I've played with Cara for for a fair few years. I've, I've I've known her for so long, but you know when when players move on, players move on. But you know we're still we're still great friends. Me and Cara, we still support each other. She still supports Wickham. She messages me all the time and and keeps track of what we're up to and congratulates us when we win and. You know, it's equally I'm I'm with her when when I see when I see her team win, and I congratulate her as well. And yeah, so it's really lovely. And it's just been her birthday as well, so big birthday celebrations for her. Oh, fantastic! And is it really nice for you to to be able to really see the development of you know the team and the club, but also your own sort of personal game as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like you just you see like the youth players coming through as well, and they come in and they they smash it week in week out. Every player that comes into the team they come they perform and they absolutely smash it and yeah it's really nice it must be great as a female footballer to be part of you know this real uh, kind of wave if you like of interest in women's football generally yeah like the 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 public eye of of women's football nowadays is just growing and growing and growing and you know i i noticed it just just speaking day to day to different people they're always mentioning it and when you know when they say when i say I play football myself. They they absolutely like love it. They're like, wow, that's so amazing, and they just show such a big interest. They speak about like the the England women's team, and you know they ask about how how we're getting on as a club as well, and they like to check in on our results. And it's just nice to to sort of see and hear the interest just growing. And you're one of the remaining few members of the team who played at Adams Park as well. That must have been so special for you, and a great kind of step forward for the for the for the team. Yeah, that was an absolutely amazing day. Like it was a experience that you know we still talk about now. Yeah, it was just such a good day, and obviously we came out with the win that day as well. Um, and to have so many people come and come and support us and watch us is just just an amazing day to be a part of. So, how would you describe overall how the season's going so far? Yeah, I'd say it's going it's going really well. I think it's, there's there's plenty of positives to take out of it. Like we're growing as the weeks go on. We're working really hard in training. And you do see uh, each week as the games go on, what what we work on in training is really being thrown into the games. So there's there's always plenty of positives that that we can take week in week out. And it feels like such an excellent blend in the team as well. Whether it's you know uh, youngsters who are only sort of seventeen and playing in the under twenty threes and coming up to the first team, or you know someone like yourself who's, who's you know been around a while and, and, and much more established. 
Yeah, so it's like it's nice to have such a good mix of players, but you, you wouldn't, you know, from a spectator's point of view, you wouldn't look at that team and be able to to pinpoint the ages of different players. Everyone comes in, they've all got this like positive fighting mindset, and we all work together and work for each other. So, like, yeah, I, you know, even though it is a mix of ages, you definitely you just wouldn't you wouldn't be able to. To, d- to define who to everyone just works well for each other and, and everyone has the equal fight for everyone on the pitch. So what do you hope to achieve yourself personally and with the team as a, as a whole this season? I mean, we're absolutely, you know, trying to, to get that promotion. We want to go and play National League and we've we've been playing against teams of a higher league recently as well and we've we've shown that, you know, we have the capability. We've We've got some work to do. We know that. We've and we take that into training and we're working on, on those those factors, but we've shown our capability and we've shown that we, we can play at that level, so that's definitely what we're striving to do. Well, we wish you all the best for the, the coming games and thank you so much, Lee, for your time. Thank you very much. Real pleasure chatting to Emma. That's Emma Cairns, who has played a number of positions for Wickham Wanderers Women. Uh, coming up, a couple more games and then they've got a, a, a mid-season break, a winter break, Christmas break, let's call it. And Thank you. Uh, in the mess, Sorry. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's not too early. And uh, in that time, we'll be chatting to Captain Bobby Lynch and uh, also Cole, the manager as well. Good evening to the chair girls. A special good evening to them. Probably training as we speak. Uh, Warminster Town Ladies. Thank you. The chair girls are playing on Sunday. I was going to ask you that. You were. There you go. I got there first. You're welcome. Please bring us some technical news. Uh, it is tis the season for Spotify wrapped. Fa la 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 la. For those that don't understand, please explain. Spotify is. You might be listening to us on Spotify. Oh yes. Hello. Hi. Uh, you'll be part of these stats. Is uh, an online streaming service which, uh, at the end of the year, collates all of the stats for your. They do it for just the average person like me, uh-huh. and they'll say what your top song was, what your top artist was, how long you've been listening for, etc. etc. Uh, but because we have a spot, uh, because we have a podcast which is on Spotify, yes. we also get stats as well. Ooh. So I can tell you. Would next you like slide, to have please. a guess in the year? Yeah, next slide. Have please. you got a sound effect for this? Um, no, I haven't. Not one of those typewriter ones. Not, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, but I will. <laughs> there will be a drum roll shortly. So okay. get get excited for that. Yes. Uh, Start ha- away. In the last year, what was the most popular Wickham Wanderers show? Ooh. I can tell you, it wasn't from this series. Oh, okay. So it was from the end of last series. I can tell you it was episode 30 of last series, uh, and it was streamed 442% more than the average episode. That's a lot of percent. That's a lot of percent. Can I have a clue? Uh, it was episode 30 of last year's <laughs> series. It's a big, it was a big talking point of last season. I stopped counting by then. What happened last season? Ooh! Was it the departure of Gareth Ainsworth? Uh, was it the departure of Gareth Ainsworth? Our survey says... No. Try again. With news that followed, followed, followed shortly. Ah, was it the arrival of Matt Bloomfield? <laughs> yes, it was. Hey, yes, uh, episode thirty. Welcome back, Matt. Was the welcome, Matt. Welcome. Why didn't we use? <laughs> we should have used that. Something welcome, there. Matt. Uh, in other stat news, seventy-one uh, percent of listeners discovered the podcast this year. We spoke to the manager earlier today. We could have said that to him. He'd have been impressed. He, he would have. We can mention, mention it next week. Okay. Make notes. Uh, the show was streamed in fifteen countries. Ooh. Up the world, world, world wide wanderers phenomenon. So certainly this one, you'd hope, England. The probably uh, streamed here. Yeah, eighty-seven percent of the streams were in the UK. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, however, we did have a thing a few seasons ago. We were quite big in the United Arab Emirates. I remember. 
remember that. Not this year. Australia oh. this year. Really? G'day. Down under. To people listening in Australia. Truth. Uh, hello to the chair girls, because this one, uh, I think, is mainly due to Craig. Uh, the podcast was shared all over. All including over? Including Snapchat. I don't know what that means. Twitter, or X as it's now. Uh, someone sending the direct link. Uh-huh. The highest percentage, 66%. Was the WhatsApp? Oh, which I'm guessing if it, if it could, it would say brackets chair girls. Oh, okay, because I believe that's how the show is is shared round. What about TikTok? Uh, not we're not. No, I don't know what I've just said. I, no, no, don't <laughs> stop trying to look cool. Uh, anyway, we appeared the Wicked Wonder Show uh, in the top ten of 203 fans in the top ten of Wicked Wonder shows, <laughs> of which there are what five. Uh, we appeared in the top five of 149 fans, and uh, with the help of a drum roll. Which, as you know, has a terrible ending. Uh, we appeared on 58 fans' most popular podcasts. Oh, special hello to the 58. Yeah. That was you. Thank you. Uh, screenshot it, and we won't give you anything, but it'll be really nice. Stand out for the 58. Stand out. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That is some, some nice little um, uh, little podcast well done, update. Us. Yeah, well done, us. Well thank done, you, everyone. Thank you very much for, for streaming, downloading, listening, uh, just showing an interest, generally. Yeah. I don't know if Apple are going to do this this year, but if there is one, we'll do it with Apple as well. So yeah, you, nice. If you listen on Apple Music... Um, more, more drumming to come. Don't blame us. Blame your provider <laughs> for not doing stats. Yeah, or YouTube. We, you... On you, I don't think they'll do that one either. Okay. No. Again, Radio if you player, do they do uh, No. Um, Tesla cars don't either. Thank you to the person that listened to in the Tesla. I saw it, Marlow. Please listen to earlier series to, to more explanation of that reference. Yeah, uh, that was fantastic. Though. Yeah, there you go. Thank uh, you. A very good twelve months to us. Yes, congratulations. And lots more to come as well, hopefully, with some great in, features. Well, just only one month left of this year. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I meant more of the show. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, this year obviously. Yeah, yeah. not too much more no. to come. But we'll pack in as much as we can. Oh, we will. Uh, finally, is it finally? Uh, it's finally, yeah. <laughs> no, I meant, is there a notice board section? Oh, well, it depends how long we talk for now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, it depends how long you, yeah. How long do we need to talk for? No, don't worry. No. Um, Matt Bloomfield, who we spoke to a little earlier on today, uh, from the train, was it the training ground? It was at the training ground. Yeah. Uh, he was there, I was here. And uh, he was obviously chatting about the Barnsley defeat and the sort of the injustice, if that's the right word, of the way the goal was conceded, as you heard a little earlier on, in his post-match chat with Phil. But uh, it was interesting to find out you know, how the players have responded and what they've been working on since. Yeah, I think there's been a number of things that we've been looking through the last um, two days. Um, as a staff, we sort of studied the game yesterday and had plenty of points that we wanted to, to discuss with the players today. I think it's really important that we get the balance right between filling with too much information, but also offering our, our thoughts on where we can keep improving. So it's always about striking that balance with the players. You know, we want them to to be out to be able to perform free of mind but also we you know there's a lot of information that we want to keep getting into them in terms of the way we want to play and the way we want to our identity to keep building so yeah there's plenty of things uh, I think there's been invariably some good performances I'm going to repeat repeat that because I believe it you know we're seven games I think without winning the league and we've won a couple in the cup you know during that time so uh, apart from the Reading game which was was obviously a disappointing afternoon for us the results haven't been great in some of the other games but you know, Peterborough, we went and, and dominated the game and were told that we were the best team to visit London Road this season. We believed that we could have won that game. Bolton, we got back to 2-2 and unfortunately conceded from a set piece that led to our defeat. Oxford, we were in one minute of winning the game away at Oxford. So Cambridge, we had 20-something shots or whatever the stats were that day. There's been there's been a lot of information in the last couple of weeks. And I know that, 
you know, I'm judged on winning and losing games. We're judged on winning and losing games. And ultimately, that's what the takeaways will be. But there's also a lot of subplots to this in terms of how close we've come to winning some of those games, how many players we've had missing, how we've had to keep regularly juggling the team around. And the cohesion and telepathy between the players comes with continually having good relationships and constant relationships with those around you. And I think that there's been plenty that's gone into this run. But ultimately, I'm not silly enough to know that I don't get judged on results. That's that's what it comes down to. And we want to make sure that the results are better. So is there anything that you could do or can be done about the injustice of the decision on Tuesday night? Or is that something you could just have to put behind you and put down to the fact that, you know, some decisions go for you and, and some against? I think we've had plenty of decisions go against us this season. Going back to the Portsmouth game where we were told that the player should have been sent off against us. Then obviously the foul in the 98th minute going to the Stevenage game where I've had confirmation that one of their players should have been sent off against us, but wasn't, you know, as with any season, there's, there's decisions that go for you and decisions that go against you. I think what you've got to hope is that the big decisions don't go against you. And I think ultimately we've had a lot of those that have, and I've had confirmation from the PGMOL that those have gone against us that shouldn't. So it's all part of the challenge of football. You know, I think for years and years, there's been the discussion around decisions and offsides and whether the ball's over the line and all this kind of stuff. And for as long as the game's, played there will always be these discussions so you can only rely on yourselves to do the best you can possibly do and our focus has to be on that and if you do that often enough and if you work hard enough then hopefully the luckier you become and and uh, our results will reflect that. Does it feel in a way that Saturday's game against Morecambe comes at a, at a good time in that you know it's a great opportunity for the players that you do have available to, to kind of really kind of put things right if you like? Yeah there's I mean the, number one there's never a bad time to be in an FA Cup game is there it's always an exciting time to to be a part of that competition and number two you know having live practices and live chances to to put in action and put into play what we want to be how we want to be how we want to play you know there's never a bad time to do that either so I'm really looking forward to the game I think it's an exciting chance for us to be in the FA Cup we really, we really want to get through to the third round so We'll approach the game with the energy and enthusiasm that the, that the afternoon deserves and, and we can't wait for it. And obviously, the club's not had a second round tie for a while and going out in the first round uh, last year, I guess it'd be even more important to to, to progress. And, and as you say, you know the opportunity of what lies ahead with a third round draw. Yeah, and we want to win a game. We want to win. Um, you know, Obviously, the win against um, Stevenage in the EFL Trophy, the win against AFC Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy, the win against Bradford in the FA Cup have all come during this winless run in, in the league. So, yeah, it's an opportunity for us to win a football match, which which I want to do. And obviously, Morecambe, we've had some competitive uh, encounters with them previously and, and they're going through a, a sticky patch with the manager having only just recently left as well. Yeah, of course. I think, uh, you know, a change of management can sometimes be the manager bounce or other times it can it can not. And invariably, there's, there's a bit of both. So, you know, we, a couple of times already this season, we've come up against teams... Um, with, with new managers and um, yeah it, it's an interesting time to try and analyse your opposition with with uh, smaller amounts of footage with under new management so yeah uh, we know they've got some good players and we've studied them we've watched them we know what they're going to bring and we're we're looking forward to being the best version of ourselves and if we do that we believe we can have a good afternoon and just finally uh, does this really feel like at the start, start of a key run of results uh, a key run of games really well hopefully a key, key run of results as well yeah, I think it's always a key run of games. You know, it's um, it's always an important time, especially as a manager in, you know, what is a volatile industry. So we have to make sure that we're we're winning games. We have to make sure that we're performing the best we possibly can. We have to keep our evolution going. You know, it's all with this new group. It's 
it's obviously been a lot of change and, and I think we've had obviously a tough start. We had a real good spell and we've hit another bit of a sticky patch, but I believe in the group. We believe in what we're doing. There's lots to suggest that we're along the light, right lines, but ultimately recently the league results haven't been as good as what we want them to be and we have to make sure that we win football matches. Fantastic. Speaking to you, the manager, don't forget you can uh, watch the game obviously by being at Adams Park, but uh, if you're not going to the game, and then you can only listen on Wanderers TV or here on Wickham Sound because it's the FA Cup and them the rules. And hopefully we'll be into the hat uh, for the third round. I hope it's Martin O'Neill uh, drawing the balls because that was very funny last time. He does like to talk to the balls. He does. <laughs> he does. Oh, that was. I'm getting, I'm, I might have to watch that back. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, any last minute notice boards uh, Christmas jumpers are in the shop get them uh, either tomorrow or on Saturday before the game uh, pre-match drills this week is out shortly and features Michael Bublé yes Jasper Patton's a big fan yes spoilers <laughs> you kind of ruined it but never mind <laughs> yes check out are you, has pre-match drills been mentioned I think it has it's on Wondrous TV at some point this evening much to look forward to enjoy the game on Saturday uh, if you're going along and uh, hopefully we'll be speaking to you next week after a Wickham Wanderers win we've got another cup game to, to cover before then as well we have Kane Vincent Young on comms with Phil much to look forward to come on you please have a great week <laughs>